Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome back to another edition of Chairgating, your NASCAR podcast for Belly Up Sports. I'm your host, Rattlesnake, coming at you live from Austin, Texas. And I got a great episode for y'all today, for this week. Got a great interview coming up, and I'm going to get to that immediately because it's a pretty long interview, not going to lie, but it was a really good one. We both had a lot of fun, a lot of things to talk about. And uh, you'll hear that in just a second. But first, I wanted to go over, of course, as always, the NASCAR team ranking updates. So I'll do it pretty quick. But let's see here. As you know, I don't edit anymore because I'm far too lazy. So, okay. Joe Gibbs Racing, still number one. No change there. I don't see them... uh, changing either i think they're just gonna end the season at number one because they're so far ahead with 80.25 points uh obviously martin Truex jr got his first win of the season in 2019 and also his first win for jgr and his first short track win so good for him uh well-deserved win he won the race hamlin got fifth kyle bush got eighth and eric jones got 14th so that team is just crushing it. They look unstoppable. Number two moved up one spot, Team Penske. They had 109.3 points. Joey Logano second. Uh, Kislowski seventh. And Ryan Blaney 25th. And that's kind of what Penske's been doing. They'll have like two guys up front and then one further back in the pack. And that's been rotating a little bit. But it's mostly Logano and Kislowski that keep uh, being up front. Number three also moved up one spot. Stuart Haas Racing with 114 points. Clint Boyer, awesome run for him. Uh, He finished third. Kevin Harvick, fourth. Daniel Suarez, 18th. And Eric Almarola, 23rd. And Stuart Haas Racing, 
every single race this year will have at least two guys, at least in the top ten, if not the top five. I mean, they they always have guys way up front, but they can never seem to get a win, so they are stuck at third. And number four dropped down two spots. Chip Ganassi Racing at 121 points, and Kurt Busch finished 11th, and Kyle Larson finished 37th. So you you, you see why Chip Ganassi always keeps falling you know to about fourth and why they cannot get stay up at second or third is because of Kyle Larson really weird thing to say but it's totally on Kyle Larson's uh, shoulders for why why they are keep falling back down to fourth Kurt Busch you know finishes outside the top 10 for once and they fall all the way down to fourth so it's it's all on Kurt Busch's shoulders unfortunately uh, he's been doing excellent this season though number five and also, there's no change past number four, right? So five through nine, no changes. Uh, Hendrick, 138.5 points. Jimmy Johnson, 12th, still looking pretty solid. Here we go, Jimmy Johnson. William Byron, 13th. Chase Elliott, 15th. And Alex Bowman, 17th. And that is very consistent for Hendrick so far in 2019. 12th to 17th, I mean, that is Hendrick right now. Number six, Roush Fenway with 146 points. Ryan Newman, another top 10 finish at ninth. And Ricky Stenhouse at 16th, just outside the top 15. Number seven, RCR, 185 points. Uh, Austin Dillon, his second top 10 finish so far this year. And number six, just outside the top five. Awesome, awesome run for him. He came way back uh, from, you know, what was he? Was he like 11th, I want to say? And he just worked his way all the way up. Really good run for Austin Dillon. He told Daryl Waltrip before the race, hey, I have like the best equipment I've had all year. We're going to have a really good day out here. And uh, he was right. They did. Uh, And Daniel Hemrick, 19th. I mean, that's good for Hemrick, which is kind of sad to say. Number eight, JTG uh, with 194.5 points. Ryan Priest at 20, and Chris Busher at 22. So, Priest outran Busher, unfortunately, that race. Number 9, Front Row Motorsports, and um, they are so far down uh, with 239.6, and it's just unfortunate for that team. They really shouldn't even be ranked, but they are a multi- multi-car full team, so I gotta, I gotta rank them. Uh, Reagan, 28, Tiff, 29, McDowell, 36. That is front row. What do you what do you expect? Single car uh, teams, no change. Absolutely no change. And I don't know if there's going to be a change, even though some of these drivers are very close. But Paul Menard still crushing it. He finished 10th. What is that, the second top 10 finish, I think, for Paul Menard as well? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and right behind him is Ty Dillon. Finished 22nd, or 21st, I'm sorry. And behind that is Matt DiBenedetto. He finished 24th. Bubba Wallace, 27th. Ross Chastain, 30th. Corey LaJoy, 26th. And Landon Castle, 35th. And that's the overall season rankings. That's not where they finished for this race, obviously. If you, if you listen to this podcast by this time, you know. Those rankings I have up on bellyupsports.com. Definitely go check them out. And if you're checking them out, you might as well check out Tick Splits. That's T I X. B-L-I-T-Z dot com. Guaranteed seats for every sport. Uh, you know, mentioned them for a few weeks now. Awesome website. Definitely check them out. 
and the price you pay is the price you see. No service fees, and the promo code is BELLYUP, all caps, no space. That's B-E-L-L-Y-U-P, and you'll get 5% off. So check that out. And that is the... I need to think of some kind of cool name for that. The wrap-up? The team wrap-up? The team ranking wrap-up? That's terrible. I don't I don't know. If anybody has any good ideas for that name, just let me know. I want a cool name for that. Anyway, that's going to do it for that. Let's cut right into the interview. Let's do it. All right, I want to welcome my next guest, James Armas. It's Armas, right? We, yes. we decided it's, it's going to be Armas this time. Uh, he is the host of a YouTube channel. Great, great videos. I want to believe NASCAR. And also, I don't want to say even better, but your Insta account is probably my favorite because you're always showing off all your sweet NASCAR gear. So it's it's a it's a collection that's kind of been growing, but I never thought I'd have. So to every fan that says never, I'm not going to collect NASCAR stuff. Eventually, you will. It'll yeah, get to you. Your hats and shirts, man, I love it. It's all the throwback designs. That's what I try to go for when I'm designing stuff. Is you know the the throwback look. Um, and we're supposed to be working on a shirt together. Yeah, we Correct. we we have a uh, one concept that we have been working on, but we got a couple more that we're we're trying to, like you said, that retro style design so if everybody wants some you know homage to the old days and the classic nascar stuff you should definitely check out some of the stuff that chair gating's got coming out uh we're gonna definitely have some nice nice quality uh prints uh for you guys to yeah i think we could definitely put something together that would be really cool and oh yeah yeah with all the with all the stuff you got on your insta account definitely would be good anyway he's located in st petersburg florida or as you all say, St. Pete, right? Yeah, St. Pete can't be beat. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah, okay. I won't correct you on that one. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. I, I know some teams there that can. But yeah. What, what, what would you say? For a living, you're a content creator. You take photos of racing. You're just in the race scene. Yeah, um, a, a lot of the work that I do do is, you know, photography, videography Dude. for racing teams and, and sports car scene. And uh, yeah, I like to be at the track. And if you see me at the track, say hi. Primarily, I work a little bit in sports car racing at the moment. And uh, I try to venture over to open wheel. But every now and then, I'll try to take advantage and go to an NASCAR race. But it's been a while since I've been to one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'd say October last year. That was my last race. Oof, oof. Yeah, I just went to the Texas race. So... Uh, Oh, see, see, Nat, you're all fresh and current with this year's aero package, and I'm yep. still looking at last year's date, dated photos. So yeah, yeah, you know, everybody bitches and complains about the aero package, and then when you actually go to a race and you know you're drinking beers in the grandstand, you kind of forget about it, and you're just like, I just love being at a NASCAR race. It's insane how beer goggles transition into uh, every point in life. Yeah, but it, you forget it does... all about the aero package. Everybody's just like, hey, I'm here having a good time. It's a Sunday, and I'm drunk. Uh, yeah, it's great. And I'll say that's that's an awesome aspect about a NASCAR race that no other sporting event can can offer. You can Seriously. bring whatever you want. BYOB. You know, if you got if it's as long as it's not glass and it's not like something silly, bring it to the NASCAR race if it can fit in your cooler. You know, come on in and just enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. the event. Yeah, it's the best. It is, and oh, yeah. and you know, let's just talk about this because you brought up Talladega, right? You went to Talladega oh, yeah. last year, correct? Yes, uh, Talladega. I went to the chase race, uh, which was the uh, thousand light bulbs, five hundred. 
Is that what it's called? Yeah, I believe so. So we got to get that title oh, plug in. So okay. thousandlightbulbs.com, if you want to give uh, this podcast some money. Right? Can... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you're listening. I know you're listening. <laughs> uh, yeah. How was your experience at Talladega? Uh, it was it was kind of intense. Um, I, I did buy a ticket. And um, what I was trying to do is replicate my first race that I went to, which was 10 years before that Talladega race in the fall. I went to it uh, back when it was like a car tomorrow race, 2008. And Tony's... Mm. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Stuart won that race, so I okay. wanted to go back and you know, say I was there for 10 years later. Uh, which was my first NASCAR race. So I bought a ticket, but I actually snuck in with my uh, hard card for another series. I will not say which one it was. <laughs> it was a very tense time trying to find a parking spot inside Talladega Super Speedway. But let me let me tell you, folks, if you've never been to this speedway and you first go to it, you look at the turn. It is it's like a small mountain in front of you. <laughs> it's insane how big this place is. You you get a true understanding of scale when you're at that speedway. It's insane. Yeah. But yeah, parked inside the track. That was a little sketchy because I didn't want to get towed by uh, county mounties. So what, you but parked in the infield? Park- I parked in the infield. So what I did was oh I, I, I just rolled up to the – I was in the lines for parking, and it was either $20 to park or go in the infield. <laughs> and I was like, well, let me grab my hard card because I, I was just at a race the day before. I had my hard card. I went and I just flashed it and there were volunteers. So they just waved me in. And Dude. you just you act natural and you blend in. You know? I know. I've never had an issue because I always go to the Geico 500. Uh, and I don't think I'm going this year. I, everything's kind of fallen through. And I don't think I'm going, unfortunately. It's going to be the first time in four years I haven't gone to the Geico 500. But, you know, they always got everything kind of blocked off, and you got to go certain ways. I've never had a problem at Talladega. You just kind of wave at them, and they're like, yeah, whatever, man. Just go go where you're oh, going. Oh, yeah, because, you know, they're just volunteers. They're, they're, they're getting paid whether you go that way or this way. It don't matter to them. Yeah, okay? they just want to be at the racetrack. They don't care. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to make it through their day, you know? Yeah, Talladega is the best race to go to. Not necessarily <laughs> always the best. You know, it's fun because, you know, say what you want about plate tracks but you know there's going to be action at that race but more importantly it's just the atmosphere and uh it's unlike any other race it's unlike any other thing i've ever been to in my entire life oh without a doubt the like you said the atmosphere of talladega because you know everyone says it this is talladega and there's nothing else like it because there's just this you know persona that comes out within everybody that it's uh this party central this place to escape yeah, almost it's like an adult spring break yeah and and it's something that you know p- 
people when when they when they look at oh I'm gonna buy a ticket to a NASCAR race you know I'm just gonna go see a NASCAR race no no you're going to experience a Talladega event you're not going to a NASCAR race that's <laughs> yeah, what exactly. that's what going to that track is you're going to have some fun you're gonna see some things you'll never think you'd see <laughs> it's like Mardi Gras level at times yeah, um, especially there, in the grandstands there okay? just happens to be racing that weekend as well oh yeah and and by far. The fans at Talladega Super Speedway are the nicest. Like, it's, aren't like, they though? Saying, I've never had an issue with anybody there. Oh, seriously, I was uh, when I was at the end of the race, I had to walk back into the infield and walk back to my car. It was a very long walk, but you know, I, I love. Uh, you always enjoy the walks. The track. Well, you walk and, from the grandstands all the way back around into the infield. So I had to walk in t- from the grandstands. I was over at the start finish line at the finish. That's where my seat was. Um, so I was up at that tower. Had to walk from the top of that tower down all the way around the front stretch to the turn four tunnel yeah and the turn four tunnel there was a tram you just get in right and then that's it that's and like a couple it, mile walk uh that's yeah, i love walking you know honestly with, i'm pretty with the sure that's I like do. multiple like that's over a mile when you're outside oh, yeah. the track walking because you know we on saturday nights we would walk from the campgrounds to the infield uh-huh and our walk from the campgrounds to the infield ended up being like three miles like each way <laughs> like just absurd you can and see sure the track. Was... You're like, oh, it's just right there. <laughs> oh yeah, no. And I'm sure your three miles were a, a little, a little hazier three miles than mine were. Oh, I mean, I, I, I was enjoying some adult beverages that day, but it was. Uh, I had a lot of gear on me, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was trying to take photos so I couldn't get like uh, totally blitzed and yeah, enjoy. And, well, and enjoy that's the thing. You were talking about the the people there are great because, you know, when you're in college, you go to spring break. You and your buddies are getting drunk on the beach or something, and then you know maybe if you're not in a fight or something you see some other guys getting into a fight like there's always whenever there's young people getting drunk there seems to be a fight and like i said i went three years in a row at talladega and i'm in my 20s so i'm fairly young there there's plenty of other young people my age there camped out with us and um never once have i seen a fight never once has i've even seen like a real heated argument and everybody's drunk but everyone's just having a good time oh yeah everyone's nice to each other Exactly. Everyone is really nice to each other. That's you stole the words right out of my mouth. Um, funny story about how, especially with young people, how nice they are. I was like that walk we were talking about back from the grandstands. I had my I had a big lens on me, so everyone was like, "Oh, look at you! You must be a professional photographer and stuff." <laughs> right. A group of young guys were saying that, and um, uh, one of them was a little 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 drunk, but so he was like, like oh, you know, no. saying, "Yeah, but he was he was fun. He was like." Uh, what was it? He was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I just won the race. You got to interview me. So I, I, like, I give him a look, and I, I turn away, and I turn back to him, and I put my, my, like, my hand up to him with an like, uh, oh, empty water bottle I had in my hand. And I was like trying to do my best Chris Economaki impression, like, oh, we're just here with the race winner. How was the race today? You raced the draft <laughs> so well. And we went back and forth talking the entire walk down the front straightaway they handed me a beer afterwards we're nice. all high five and having a good time Hell exchanging yeah. emails you meet the most friendly people when you're at the track and all it takes is just having that positive friendly attitude too because that's all everyone wants to do is have a positive experience and yeah, when and you go to a race everyone's experience is dictated by everybody else so if everyone else is there to have fun you're gonna have fun right and it's and it's unfortunate that i'm not going back this year because Every single year I've gone there, um, I've always been camping around the same people. So it's really mm-hmm. cool because we get the same spot every single year. Lot B, I want to say. Geico Lot B. Um, 
And was that overtime turn one or turn four? Uh, I'd have to look back at the map because <laughs> I'm always <laughs> just drunk when I walk in. Um, it's just so a it's haze. Like a camping site, like you, you like you pitch a tent. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Most, a lot of people like either have an RV or camper or rent one and bring out there. But yeah, a lot of the younger people like our age, we just pitch tents. Um, you can fit uh-huh. three cars on the spot with tents as well. One year, the first year we went, we, me and my buddy drove his truck from Houston to Talladega, and we stopped <laughs> in Birmingham. Like, we didn't get there until like was it friday afternoon or something and we found a free couch on craigslist <laughs> and so we picked it up and put it in the back of his truck and i slept on a couch and outside the whole weekend well at least there wasn't any rain i mean like well and that's uh, the, that's the funny thing the uh that was that year the sunday there was clouds the whole day and so everyone was worried that the race might get canceled and it didn't start raining literally until right after we left the track, right after it was the race was over, and just downpoured. And it was crazy. It was almost just like God was like, "Let's finish this thing." <laughs> but it cleared out the campsite. Right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus is over there, like, "Hey, uh, are we gonna make it rain over here?" And God's like, "Hey, pipe down, son. I'm watching the race." <laughs> uh, yeah. Jeez. Anyway, speaking of Jesus, it's almost Easter. Uh, so, yeah, Talladega, great time. Oh, man, I'm getting a phone call. Anyway, next thing we were going to talk about was Tony Stewart, correct? Yes, yeah, smoke because, and mirrors, Mr. Smoke himself. Yeah, because before we even started recording, we, just for the audience's information, we got into this, like, 30-minute conversation about young drivers and you know, what drivers are like now versus what they used to be like. And then I was like, hold up, let's pause this conversation because Tony Stewart just had a whole nother quote in an interview about this. Uh, something that he tends to find himself doing lately. Um, let's see. I got the quote here. It's not complicated. When I watched, I watched because they were heroic to me. The drivers were heroic what they were doing was heroic. Now you've got guys that their moms have to drive them to the race shop <laughs> because they're not 16 and don't have their driver's license yet, but they're driving a full-size race car. So it's like, how do you expect a 30-something, 40-something-year-old man to look at this person and say, this is heroic, what they're doing is not? Um, <laughs> first of all, I just want to mention how funny that was to read. <laughs> they, they have their moms <laughs> driving them. It reminds me... I mean, it reminds me perfectly of just Tony Stewart being Tony Stewart. But you remember when he was talking about Joey Logano, and he was like, you got these young kids coming up in here, and uh, they got their rich parents. You remember that? When he went after Joey Logano? Oh, yeah, at California. Yeah, yeah. And, and he had and, that perfect quote, and he was like, he's just a rich little kid that came up in here and doesn't know what he's doing, and uh, would he say something about he'd punch him or something? Um, yeah, it's... He said something to that extent, and that is a fair <laughs> point. I, I feel like he should have directed his comments towards Todd Logano then at that point. <laughs> but still, yeah. It, it got a point there, man. There are some – there to race, you have to have money. You you yeah. can you Seems can race on a budget, yep. but to make it in NASCAR, you got to have money. Well, and even when you see Richard Petty himself – you know, have Bubba Wallace in the car, who may or may not be a good driver, to be fair. I haven't been able to find out yet. 
But he had Eric Amarola, you know, who's clearly a good driver. And so kind of like Richard Betty <laughs> can't afford to get wins. I mean, when that, that shows something. That shows how much it costs to get wins in NASCAR nowadays. Oh, yeah. And, and honestly, if it wasn't for Bubba Wallace at this point, I don't know if the doors at Richard Petty Motorsports would be open because Bubba Wallace yeah. is the only reason why people are sponsoring cars. I agree. At Richard Petty Motorsports. I, I 100% is, agree. Yeah, it is not Richard Petty. I'm sorry, people. I know the king is the king, but the king has not done himself well over the years. No. And his image. So he, no, if he it is wasn't not. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. For Bubba Wallace, if it wasn't for Eric Amarola, there wouldn't have been Smithfield. So. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I talked about this uh, last week in our episode with uh, Eric, so I won't go too much into Bubba. But I, I think you're right. I did mention just before, like, whether he is good or not. Because, I mean, you know, people can say what they want, but I just I haven't got to see him at the top level in a decent car to see if he's actually good or not. But regardless, he is marketable as hell. And uh, sponsors are going to follow him wherever he goes. And And that's the thing. It's with a lot of these kids coming up too, as Tony has alluded to it, yeah, they can't bring their mom or, or they can't drive themselves to the shop because their mom's got, you know, the, the rights to drive them around. They don't have a license, but guess what? <laughs> they have these big companies behind them sponsoring. Right. Them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and in Eric's uh, video, when he was talking about what Tony said, he made a really good point that I loved. uh, you know, He's being a little hypocritical here, talking about how you know these young drivers that don't have the experience are getting on teams just because they have money behind them. It's like, I know he doesn't have full say-so what happens on the team, but they dropped Kurt Busch, who's a champion driver, who's clearly still, I mean, he's just as good as he's ever been. He looks incredible, especially in lesser uh, equipment than he had last year. And they replaced him for Daniel Suarez, who, granted, is looking pretty good this year, but Daniel Suarez is in great equipment. You know, he hasn't really proven much, but he has a bunch of money behind him with a full-time sponsor. So, oh, that's for sure. Yeah, um, so I kind of liked what Eric sure. said. Is He's being a little hypocritical there. Yes, t- Tony is for sure being hypocritical. And I don't know if it's Tony himself being hypocritical, but his name is associated with Tony Stewart, like, with Stewart Haas Racing. Right. So, so his name is there. So, I mean, for him to make these comments, he might feel very, very strongly about what this position and his stance and this view. But, yeah, he's he's doing what he can to kind of make money. I'll even throw it further than Daniel Suarez and go even to a series lower. Cole Custard, his Xfinity Series driver. What do we know really about Cole Custard? Where did he come from? 
Yeah, I mean, I I won't go too much. I won't. Yeah, we, we won't too much on that, him but... about uh, that because that's an Xfinity driver. I mean, a, that's where a young guy should be. So I can't give him yeah, too he's much. He's a young guy, but he's kind of come up in this ladder. Like yeah. he's always been associated with Haas and Stuart Haas. Right. He's kinda we'll see. Belt. We'll see how I mean, quickly he, he gets the... pulled up. If he gets pulled up quickly, and I don't know who he'd replace, but if he gets pulled up quickly, then yeah, you're one hundred percent right. Then Tony oh, yeah. has nothing to say anymore because that's he's doing what everybody he's complaining about people doing, and it's I kinda... feel like to, just to say something really quick about Tony's comments, like I feel like he he wanted to direct them more towards the Xfinity series. I feel like, and not not just to say that just because you know Custer's in the Xfinity series, but that's where all these kids are with money right. they're coming in and just right. getting these rides. You're not seeing a, a Ross Chastain get that opportunity. Yeah, that's like, true. He deserves that opportunity because he he's barely scraping the money together to run gd motorsports and now he's getting this opportunity with uh calling racing in the 10 cart which is amazing but still he is not come from money where you've got a lot of other drivers who have either a sponsor behind them or some kind of association and it's getting them further than ross chastain i mean i think a good one to pick up not to pick on him because he's gone now ryan reed mm, yeah yeah I mean, I'm not not to pick on Ryan at all. He's a I respect him because he's competed and he's a great competitor. But if it wasn't for Lily Diabetes, I don't know who else would have funded him. Yeah, and I mean, somebody that kind of I always think about when I think about something like this was Paul Menard. You know, mm-hmm. that's why he's that's, in that's racing. That's a great point. Yeah, uh, he's proven to be not a bad driver though. He's definitely com- he can compete at the top level. But how long has he been in it? You know, I guess it was only a matter of time for him to be able to compete at this level, regardless. Yeah, honestly, it's like uh, not not just to turn off of John, of, of Paul Menard, because honestly, Paul Menard is the point of like a successful driver who has actually been able to be at the top level, but only because of you know this association he has with his Menards, you know, yeah. Menards I mean, name. His dad and owns the whole company, so no matter what was going to happen to Paul Menard, he was going to fall into a seat somewhere. Because some oh, yeah. Paul, some team Paul, would take that. Yeah, some team would take Paul's money, especially that right. Menard's money, because John Menard loves racing. But yeah, yeah John Les Townley, cool. John Townley was like that driver for a while with Zaxby's. Mm-hmm. Remember RCR? He like he ran two races with RCR, had like the full season slated, and like it was like Phoenix practice. He crashed twice. <laughs> yeah. RC took him out of the car and put Clint Boyer and Morgan Shepard in the rest of the season. Yeah, that. That shows that sometimes these owners won't take it. Then again, that was 10 years ago. And nowadays, some owners are willing to take the risks for that. I mean, yeah. they're not RC. And, and my, my opinion on his statements is um, there, there's definitely a, a new wave of younger drivers coming up that were raised into racing and, you know, they're not older. I don't mind that because these younger guys have – you know they're not always beating the vets but what do you expect like those guys are veterans they've been racing for like you know 15 years at the top level you're you're not going to come out and beat them at 21 in your first season but the, there's plenty of very talented young drivers because they grew up in the sport they know what they're doing you know you can talk about the Dillons and say like oh well they grew up in it they their families own everything it's like yeah but you know i don't know Ty Dillon's in shitty equipment so i don't know what to say about him Austin Dillon has two wins and he's been looking good this season you know chase elliott yeah he's got his dad but he's a really good driver so i don't mind that it's the younger drivers the one thing that i will agree with tony stewart on is just the fact that there's 
they don't really have personalities. And this is what we were talking about before I pressed record uh, was, you know, we don't, I don't know if we'll ever get a Dale Earnhardt again or anybody like that because those guys back in the day would come into it when they're like in their 30s and they had already been working like a normal job. They were working men. They were grown men. They, you know, you couldn't just push them around. Uh, and now these kids growing up just kind of being pushed into the sport their whole life, they don't really have those real world experiences to kind of harden them to have that kind of attitude that we used to see in NASCAR. And that's unfortunate. I wish we had more Dale Earnhardt's again, but I, I don't know if we ever will. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing too. And, and, and we look even going back to it, as you were stating, you know, kind of nowadays you, you kind of have to grow up in racing. Cause if you mm-hmm. look at it from Jeff Gordon on, if you weren't like cultivated from a young age to be a racing driver, to know what to do, at every stage from winning races to acting professional to getting the sponsors to just looking good like drivers have to be that now and it's kind of even heightened as time has gone on kyle bush heightened it even further when he was 16 in the like the truck series and making starts there and even so on and so forth as it's kind of become it's just an evolution thing and we have to accept that as as time has gone on it just crafts better racing drivers sometimes and honestly there are some really great drivers it just takes them time to craft that race pace and that race ability for sure to be able to compete with the veterans that are out there now that does not mean they definitely won't have that personality they won't there's never going to be a dale earnhardt dale earnhardt like you said was he was groomed he wasn't groomed into nascar he was like granite like edged into nascar that's how Ironhead became the intimidator and then after he was the intimidator that's when everybody knew him for who he was but before that he was a rough and tumble guy who just knew that he wanted to race and he loved racing and yeah, it's either he, work or he race into bar fights you know we don't yeah. see those type of guys anymore we're not going to see these 21 year old drivers that grew up their whole lives in racing you know most likely come from well-off families i'm not going to give them a hard time about that uh, good for them for that, but that type of person isn't gonna be getting off his nine to five, going to the bar and getting into a fight, you know. And and I'm not saying that's a good thing, but at, at a certain point, that's that type of personality is fun to watch on the track. Well, yeah, it's like you're you're mentioning that Earnhardt tough guy, the bar personality. Let me throw another personality at you: the ladies' man, the uh, cosmopolitan man, well-looking Tim Richmond. Okay. He was cool yeah. as a cucumber. Like that's the personality I always loved, and you ne- you're never gonna see it again. You never will, and it's kind of a shame that no one has that edge. Sometimes I see an edge out of like Tyler Reddick, but I don't want to have to go onto Twitter to <laughs> right. see someone's yeah. edginess. I don't want to be on Twitter. That's honestly. such I a good point. That's such that a good point. Mean, like, don't talk to me on Twitter, but like honestly, like. <laughs> kind of have to separate yourself from social media because social media is just projection if you can't show me that at the track when i talk to you then yeah like tony like uh denny hamill's personality uh denny's has this personality of not because he projects it by talking this way or acting this way just the way he looks sometimes of being an angry guy and someone you don't want to approach because he's been pulled as like an unapproachable guy but if you talk to Denny, he's like, I'm nice. I just guess I have a <laughs> he face. He just has a resting bitch face. Rest. Exactly. <laughs> resting, 
I mean, someone called it resting Denny face. Nah, that's resting bitch face. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Denny. You're really upset. Well, and I mean, it goes back to like, you know, what you were saying. You have to grow up into it really to, to run at the top level nowadays. Because here's an example. I would love a chance to race a car. Okay? And so oh, yeah. let's let's say um, I somehow, you know, I, I spend my spare time building a car. Uh, with some buddies or something, and I go running at a local track, and and I'm pretty good, right? Who knows? Maybe I'm good. I I doubt it, but maybe I'm good. Okay, I'm running at some local tracks, and I'm winning some races. But now, what do I do? Where where am I going? Do I get sponsorship somewhere, or you know? And what's the highest level I'm going to get into? Do you do you think I can work my way all the way up into NASCAR, getting sponsorships for a guy who's in his late 20s that nobody's ever heard of? Like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's. It's funny that it doesn't happen in NASCAR, and I will say this, it happens in sports cars, and it's because older guys who worked their whole lives now have money, and unlike you who has to go build a car in NASCAR to go race it, they can just go to a manufacturer, buy the car, get the technical support they need. If they need a second driver and they're spending enough money, they can hire a factory back driver from that uh, manufacturer to drive with them and coach them to become a better driver. See, yeah. I don't like that either, though. <laughs> you see, see, that's the, that's the thing. It's like NASCAR. You, you you really wish NASCAR could be somewhere where everyone could come and compete, but yeah. it's it's unfortunately it's not, and it's it's kind of like F one if you think about it. It's 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 it, our unfortunately uh, it has our gotten so F1. similar to F one. Oh yeah, and it's really yeah. unfortunate because that was I think the allure of NASCAR was the everyday working man going out on the track and racing, and he was good because he was better than everybody else. And mm-hmm. you know, in back in the back in those days, in the you know, all the way up until the '80s, you know, IndyCar. They said it in the Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt documentary. Like Gordon only went to NASCAR because he couldn't get into IndyCar because it was too expensive, and he didn't have the right name. And look at what Gordon was able to do to NASCAR. You know, nobody yeah. was picking him up, and he made NASCAR the most popular sport it's ever been. And I just I'm worried that we're not going to get those guys anymore. You never know who we're missing out on because they can't get the the right funds or they don't know the right people. And and I'll and I'll point something out too for everybody listening. When we say people have money to compete in racing, we're talking about millions. Yeah, millions I'm not talking about an upper middle class. No, that's totally no. different. You know, yeah. I grew up I would say upper middle class. You know, oh, yeah. I think that's what most people grew up in. You you know, you say middle or upper middle. I don't know what the difference is really, but uh, no, those type of people don't get into it. Uh, this, I'm not just saying like oh, poor people can't get into it. I'm saying if you didn't grow up with your parents having millions of dollars, it's hard to get into or connections. Yeah, no, not a, you know, yeah, at the weekly level, you can get into it at any budget, but to compete on this level with NASCAR, you need to have millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. to just get to the track. Yeah, or yeah, like your dad owns a company and y'all have connections somewhere and you oh. know, that's it's the, it's so unfortunate that it's become that way because Yeah, it's honestly easier to buy the ride just to to find a like a a Cody not like Cody Ware, excuse me. Rick Rare a Rick Ware racing or yeah. uh, something that has the extra car um, and you can just pay for the seat because it's X amount of dollars and you're proven, you have the ability to get the NASCAR license and you can go run it. And I don't think yeah, it's, it's I don't think it's the team's fault necessarily either. Like I don't want to put no. it on the teams because you know a team like where uh, they they have to fill that seat with somebody that can pay for it. I'm sure yes. they would love 
to have the next Jeff Gordon in that seat. But if the next Jeff Gordon comes with his pockets out and says, I don't have any money, I can't find sponsorship, but look at my track times. I'm a fucking hell of a rider. Like, they probably can't do anything about that. They're like, I'm sorry, man. We'd love to, you know, try to get you in here, but until you can come back with some kind of sponsorship or some kind of backing, we can't afford to put you in this race car. Yeah, and, and we're not talking any way just like just talking badly about rick ware racing rick ware yeah, racing does what they can with right. what they can do yeah they they don't have the money to get the technology to compete right. with chip ganassi racing chip ganassi racing like you know kurt bush this year has been so phenomenal he he's got that engineer that they brought over from furniture row mm-hmm. well guess yep. what money brings people over money buys technology technology is what wins you races and and that's what a lot of these lower teams don't have, like a go fast racing um, or, or anything else that like TriStar Motorsports, you know, we're not trying to pick Star on these lower Com. teams. <laughs> Poor Star <guys>. Com, yeah. <laughs> Land and Castle, I love you, buddy. But double man, zero, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm glad you're getting in that JD Motorsports ride, dog. So shout out to Landon on that. But yeah. but seriously, um, the these teams do what they can with the, with the amount of money they, they can and the amount of personnel they can. Because if you look at their shops, you know, they might have like maybe 10, 15 full-time employees. That's not a lot to run a full-time cup team. Right. Full-time. 36 weekends a year. You Multiple cars. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You're not, you don't have one just car in your stable. The team I work with right now in IMSA, we run one car. We had a really bad race at Sebring. We had right front damage, rear damage from backing in the wall. We're still fixing the car. And the next race is in two weeks. And that car came back in middle of March. So it takes what a lot of What kind of car was it? Just out of curiosity. Car. What was that? What kind of car was it? Just out of curiosity. So they are uh, Audi RS3 LMS TCRs. So an Audi RS3 basically, but it's a nice. front wheel drive uh, car that you can buy from Audi. And they race them mainly in uh, the TCR category all over the world. And in IMSA, they run under the Michelin Pilot Challenge series. Um, so if you go into the Michelin Pilot Challenge, it's the TCR category within so, that. So actual stock car racing. That is exactly it. It's, <laughs> that's so unfortunate, but <laughs> it's, it's what it's what it is. It's like that's an, a, a chassis. It's a legit RS3 chassis, where a NASCAR chassis is a custom thing. Like right. It's does It's not a Camaro chassis or a Mustang right. chassis. Like uh, last year, the team I was the same team. We were running a uh, Mustang GT4, a legit Mustang. Um, and that car was made by a company in Canada that actually makes and supports the Ford GT effort, and they actually support and work with uh, Mazda on their uh, DPI effort. So, you know, these these are big things. Like, you know, you could s- definitely see NASCAR trying to take a step into IMSA's pages because they I've own I've been hearing IMSA. that a lot. A lot of people yeah. are saying, like, okay, Gen 7, why don't we start looking at that? Yeah, and it's like you see the the leaked images, like Noah Gregson like posted his, and it was like, uh, honestly, it looked like a mix between a Camaro GT4 car and like a, a Trans Am car. It was like a hybrid, and I I can see it, and I, it would really be cool because like the like Steve Phelps has uh, alluded to adding more OEMs and um, and having more of these manufacturers coming into the sport. Well, if you offered the ability for them to run the same cars that they're running on the street, then yeah, because there's the ability for them to take technology from NASCAR and translate it back into their company. Toyota yeah. has so much money, they don't care. I, I feel like NASCAR is more or less a marketing tool, and they have successfully right. conquered NASCAR. 
So, I mean, look at their, uh, look at the prototype effort they have. They use a hybrid, they're the only hybrid car in prototype racing. There used to be Audi and Porsche with them. They both stepped out. Now they're the only one. And their hybrid technology, if you want to replicate it to any car they make, it, look at a Prius. Hybrid car. They've taken like hybrid technology from racing, been able to translate it to the street car, and they've benefited both their street technology and their racing technology. It's yeah, a win. Well, and now especially with them running, you know, quote unquote Supra in the Xfinity series. Uh, it's great that they have Supra back, though, because if they do, if NASCAR does decide to go in a more s- actual stock car route, at least it's not a Camry, you know. Like, what do you? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and it's and it, you know, if ever, if anybody wants to Google it, there are some uh, GT Supras out there, like Ooh, nice. how we were talking about the GT4 Mustang and yeah. GT4 Camaro. There is a Supra version out there, so I mean, there are some notes that you can take for the next generation car that could be the Supra from Toyota. And honestly, Toyota would probably love to have a, a car that was not just the Camry because the Camry is just so great of a car. It's like the best-selling car in the world. So right. And, and, and for a race a car, car, yeah, for, yeah. you know, you, you want to show off your race car. That's why I think mm-hmm. Ford put the Mustang in there. They're trying to show off, here's our race car. Here's our sports car. That, the people that want a fast car, this is what you're going to buy. You know, and a Camry isn't that. Not trying no. to dog on Camrys at all. Um, they're great cars. Just you know, they they brought back the Supra. That's what should be on a track because that's what those type of people want to drive. Exactly. You know, people want to feel performance unless they just want to be cool and just say, "Yo, I'm Corolla in my Corolla." That's <laughs> fine too. I feel like you, yeah, you. I feel like you drive a Corolla. I'm starting to get the uh, get that hint. Actually, uh, I. I drive a Mini Cooper and uh, Subaru WRX. Uh, Mini uh, Cooper mainly, uh, but yeah, I like front-wheel drive cars. Just I got cause... a Subaru Impreza hatchback. Yeah, all-wheel drive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The hatch life is where it's at also. Oh, that, I love, that I love hatchback. Car. Bring some hatches in there. I mean, it, it, I love cars, but hatchbacks are, are – the hot hatches are hot. They cars. are the best, man. You go on a road trip or something, hatchbacks are the best – and I've always been a truck guy. Uh, you know, I live in Texas. Everybody here uh, drives a truck. And, you know, I'll probably go back to a truck at some point when I'm making some more money because trucks are hell of expensive. But uh, this is my first, like, car I've ever had, like, sedan type thing. And uh, yeah. I love it. I, I mean, I knew I wanted a Subaru just because quality, but the hatchback thing has just been clutch. I, and I, I love it, too. Do you have a, you have a newer one, right? Uh, 2015, so. Yeah. 2015? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so... Uh... Uh, those are like really, really nice because like you have that nice two liter engine. That's the same engine that's in a BRZ. Oh, huh. It's just know. detuned a little bit for emissions. Right. Yeah. That's the so, thing. It's it's good on gas and yeah, the accelerations. Whew, it's bad. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is. But you know what? It is safe, people. Exactly. Like Subarus are safe and it's reliable and it's nice. I mean, the WRX, yeah, it's like a turbo and everything. But I have an 11, so. I would say the biggest like difference from our cars is like mine's really mechanical like to say like I'd, I'd press one button to turn off traction control nice. and I have no aids and then it's just like to the car it's kind of cool to get back to that like modern cars are like definitely a little more 80 but your your car has feel too still yeah so. well and yeah. like I went to a super uh, well not super cross what is it um 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Rally, Rally cross. cross. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, and seeing the WRXs out there and stuff, and I was like, oh. And everybody brought their WRXs to the, you know, to the parking lots, and they were all revving their engines and showing off their carts. And I was like, these are badass. I had my impression, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna park in the back. <laughs> oh, so, so it was an autocross, not a rally cross, right? No, it was, it was rally cross. <laughs> rally cross, really? So, oh, did they had like a mixed surface? So it was like yeah. asphalt. Yeah, it was at Coda. Yeah. Oh sick! Oh sick, dude. See, I've I've done a rally cross at Daytona with my car. I have a I've souped up a WRX. Oh, nice. Specifically for rally cross and rally, like I got out of stock cars. I did a little bit of that, and I started to transition into rally racing with my driving, and I fell in love with it. It's just I want to pick and choose when I can run a stage. Right. Uh, but rally racing is it's just so intense and amazing. But rally crosses, I, I got to do one at Daytona. Uh, they did an infield one. Um, back when the infield was like grass still. So like, uh, it was like outside the turn and then you can just like, it was, it was a joke. It definitely was not at the level of Coda probably because like that's like a rally cross course year round. It was like, yeah, they had some big names there. Who are some of the big, um, rally race drivers? I can't think of their names right now. Um, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to sound like I know everything about racing because I don't know. Because there was a couple big names that I I know nothing about well, rally or rallycross, but there was a like two or three names that I was like, oh shit, yeah, they're really. Uh, Travis Pastrana, no, that dude. Scott Speed was there. Yeah. Yep. I follow him on Instagram um, now. Steve Arpin. I can't. Nah, I don't know. Either yeah, those, way, those are just two NASCAR drivers I I could name that have transitioned over to that at least. Yeah. But, yeah. Either way, it was awesome to watch and. Um, yeah, it was. You know what car won like every single time was because uh, I went to it a couple of days. Was the uh, Volkswagens? Yeah, uh, were they Holy. were they bugs or polos? They were bugs, I think. They they didn't have the hatchback. Mm, no, it did have the hatchback. That those would be. I think those are polos. Okay. And, oh, yeah, like and you could much. you could hear the turbo when they're going by, and oh my god, they just tore up the track. They had two of them running, and both they got first and second in every single race. Like I love the sound of a NASCAR. Like nothing beats a V8. Right. And like especially when you got a pack of them coming at you, like they shake the they shake yeah. the ground. People. Like if you've never experienced that, you need to feel it at a race. Uh, it's amazing. But when you're at a another motorsports event and you hear turbos, yeah, and crackling of the turbos and the exhaust, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I like support turbo, all forms especially of like racing. Uh, the wastegates. Like you probably got a wastegate where it's like, yep, yeah, exactly. Like that. That, yeah. Yep. Like you hear that all like it, that. It's like so cool to hear like the 
the different te- like uh, technologies they use and just different ways that you know manufacturers find speed and horsepower uh, out of out of engines and how different the engines are too. I mean, those are like small little four cylinder engines. Yeah, exactly. And they're pushing out like six hundred horsepower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going over little jumps too. It was, it was bad. Yeah, right. All wheel drive too. Jeez. Yeah. Um. Well, we can talk. I guess a little bit. The, I don't know. It may or may not be confirmed yet. The single qualifying is coming back. Yeah, I've seen some tweets about that. I'm not. I'm not going to say if it's confirmed or not. I but... know, right? It seems like it is, but I haven't seen like NASCAR tweet about it or uh, so. I don't know if it's officially confirmed, but it sounds like everybody's saying it's definitely going to be a thing. Yeah, and if it's going to be a thing, I guess the people got what they wanted on me. That's what I was just going to say. I think the biggest takeaway from this is NASCAR has continued to show that they are once again listening to the fans. And ever since, um, man, I always forget his name. Which France is it? The one that's running it now. The uncle. Uh, uh, Jim France. Jim. Yeah. Uh, ever since he stepped in, it seems like they are doing a, a good job of actively listening to the fans and trying to work around what they want. You know, they're like, oh, we want more short tracks and, you know, we want to bring back some old tracks. And they're like, okay, Rockingham and Nashville, let's start talking. You know, or it, it just seems like everything that fans keep saying that they want, they're really trying to listen. And so, if nothing else, that's reassuring, at least to me. Yeah, and it's um, man, it's like the Instagram post I posted this week where it was like, uh, it was that commercial where it was like NASCAR is for the fans, and that oh, was like yeah, in that's right. that, that throwback yeah. back when it actually was for the fans, and then they went away from it. Uh, well, it's like if if you think about it, Jim Phelps and those people were probably like, you know what, we need to look back to ourselves and what we projected to the people, what we said to the people, and they probably not saying that they saw that ad and that ad changed it. <laughs> they saw your they probably, Instagram post. <laughs> they, they definitely did not. Uh, <laughs> If they did, they were like, man, we need to sue the right, him for The right hashtags. Content. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> a lawsuit's going to be coming knocking. Let's sue you now. <laughs> no, but with, with what they wanted to do is uh, I think they looked back at themselves and they saw this is how we defined our sport to the people. And this is how we wanted our sport to be for the people. And they defined it at a time when the, no one really defined NASCAR. NASCAR never had a marketing campaign until like 1990 like the late 90s like there's yeah, never like when jeff gordon was becoming a superstar pretty much yeah like because yeah. you know they, they were getting that exposure they were exploding right. it was like that yep. first illustrated cover where it's like oh here's the hottest sport ever it's nascar if you haven't heard about it and then everybody <laughs> caught on then they went to cal back to the west coast and yep. it just blew up again because they were in the the hollywood mainstream and then they were in new york city with the, the awards banquet and they were just everywhere and the thing about it is they had to define themselves because other than like the ads you would see from brands and drivers who are associated with products and the television ch- broadcasting channels advertising that there was a race this weekend, there was no messaging for NASCAR. So you have all these fans who are viewing these races and they're like, well, what is NASCAR? What am I watching? Because <laughs> I'm just watching a bunch of guys turn left. I mean, yeah, they had the personalities of Dale Earnhardt and, and everybody there. You had Jeff Gordon and his Rainbow Warriors and Dale Jarrett. You had Ernie Irvin. You had everybody. And you needed to define the sport a race car version of professional wrestling basically yeah <laughs> if you think about it it's just all personality wwe well i mean it's not a bad like strategy to to do that though because you know from everything i've heard it sounds like dale really kind of i don't want to say manufactured the rivalry but he did everything in his ability to 
market the rivalry, you know, and he really did a great job of marketing NASCAR and start selling merch and really get fans involved. And I think he knew the money behind uh, people coming to the track and seeing the guy with the mustache and all black uh, racing against the the young guy from California in, in the rainbow outfit. And uh, exactly, it's not a bad market to go towards, man. Professional wrestling has been doing it a long time, and the good thing about racing or NASCAR in particular is, yeah, you you can kind of market these rivalries and personalities against each other, but the product is real. Whereas professional wrestling, people outgrow it because they're like, okay, but it's all staged and fake, so I can't fully get behind it. At least in NASCAR, the product is real on the track; they're actually racing each other. Yeah, they are, and what 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 the. Uh, oh, Allure of the mustache and the intimidator and the whole Jeff Gordon Rainbow Warriors thing. It that's create that creates fandom. Exactly. That's what takes people to the next level. That makes people want to watch each week because they're like, "What's going to happen with these two? It's almost like watching a, you know, a soap opera <laughs> play out. Exactly. It, and and that's and that's the the next step that was taken. You know, Earnhardt and Gordon did that on their own. You know, they drivers were able to create their personas and their right. brands and yeah. and to be themselves. What needed to be done was NASCAR just needed to be like, hey, fans, you know, you're watching this. Like, this is what NASCAR is. And then they're like, oh, cool, NASCAR. This is cool. It's like how there was the WWE. You had the WCW. Yep. Yeah. These are two different entities. Back in our days. What's the difference? WWF. Yeah. We had all those different. I was a ECW fan, to be quite honest. Uh, Rob Van Dam was my guy. I loved him and – Sandman, but I was Sting, that, so I got to go back and one. forth a little bit, and then there is Fake Sting. If you remember that, oh man, that was. That, <laughs> see, that's the thing about that was confusing as like hell. Eric Bischoff and like uh, what was it? The there was Hollywood Hogan, and then yep. you had the NWO. Like there and was then, so much. Yeah, the NWO. Writing. That's right. And then uh, you had uh, you know you had Stone Cold Steve Austin over here, but then you had uh, who was it? Gordon um, uh, Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The Goldberg same character, on, just on two different leagues. <laughs> well, I, I would say Goldberg. Goldberg definitely didn't chug a beer. Right, that's or true. Come into but the they're stadium both just like with, jacked, with white, and bald dudes. McMahon, deservingly so with that <laughs> uh, Miller Light. All that was Miller time right there. Or the milk <laughs> truck with Kurt Angle. I mean, you know, those those things. That's what took w, WWE to the next level. Right. Was like that extreme factor. And, and I don't, and I don't that, think that's a terrible idea though for NASCAR. No, but but what took it to the extreme factor for NASCAR was, do you remember the campaign? Uh, how bad have you got it? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I remember that. Uh, okay, so like that was the one where it was it, it was the first campaign actually ever that like some a creative brand ever did for NASCAR. And that's where it like took it and made it edgy and gave NASCAR like a feeling and the persona, like kind of how WWE has these personas that are like whatever wrestler is like in the charge at the time or champion or just buzzworthy. That's the persona. And that's what drives it forward in the narrative forward, you know, like uh, like how CM Punk when he was champion, um, that was kind of what time when I got out of wrestling. But I will say wrestling changed at that point it was very like cleaner there wasn't like these super crazy scripts i mean yeah there's crazy scripts where like corn swoggles like mcmahon's son-in-law or something and like other things happening but i feel like it's because the extreme characters have gone away yeah because yeah cm punk was the most extreme thing you could touch oh straight edge wrestler what else can you do yeah, right. and who you know? Who are the biggest professional wrestlers of all time? I guess Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. 
The Undertaker maybe, uh, you know, these these names that everybody knows regardless of if you ever watched wrestling. And it's yeah. the same with NASCAR. You, you never have to watch a race to know who Dale Earnhardt or Jeff Gordon are. Everybody knows these people. And so I just think it's not a terrible idea for NASCAR to just kind of look at professional wrestling and look at where they were and say, you know, clearly there's something to building up personalities and hyping up rivalries and, you know, having characteristics within these drivers. And you can't manufacture it like you do in professional wrestling. But I guess it goes back to Tony Stewart's comments, and he's just saying, like, we need guys with character. Yeah, I, we do. And it's like um, a, a good guy to use an example that's got character. He's got a fan base. Ryan Blaney. He's, he's a great guy that he's a young talent. Everybody likes him. We, we know his story and who he is. But, you know, if you if anybody's seen that Dale Jr. download when he was on there, yep. um, he talks about how he wasn't really a social person. He wasn't yeah. this guy that we know yeah. nowadays before. And honestly, a lot of guys aren't. You know, and he, he just put himself out there. Out shell. Yeah, he and put himself that. out there. Yeah, but now, We're, so you're right. Ryan Blaney's a great example, and a lot of people like him. Very likable guy. Seems like he doesn't take shit from people, but he's not like some kind of tough guy either. But now I need somebody to kind of come at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Chase I need. Elliott. Chase Elliott. No, Chase Elliott's not good. Chase Elliott. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying because he's good. I'm just saying because NASCAR has been trying so hard and Chase isn't his real name and we all know it. But here's the thing. Like, he's too – he can still be there. He He's – like in a boy band, he's like the good quiet guy that all the girls kind of fawn over. They're like, he's got oh. the books. Yeah, you know, he's just and this cute little quiet guy that just kind of smiles or whatever, doesn't say much. No, I need the bad boy to kind of come out and challenge Ryan. Oh, Blaney. so you don't you don't need Nick from the Bad Street Boys. You need like who was the bad guy with the goatee? <laughs> yeah, um, I can't remember the, the guy with I the don't ears remember, pierced. I don't know the names, but that guy. You need that guy. The one with as, the sunglasses and the. Yeah. I, I don't want to say Austin Dillon because he's not a bad. guy. I was guy. just gonna say though, you could. They he used to wear the cowboy hat and people gave him shit for it and he stopped wearing it. I'm like, no, dude, wear it more now. Like that's well, what NASCAR I, I needs. Feel like they, he, they need to throw it in your face. Yes, that's the thing. If he would have kept wearing it and he would have done something to yep. upset some either old guards, new fans, or just did something. Well, he took out Eric Almarola in the Daytona 500 last year. People yeah, but hated he, it. He just only upset upset people like myself and who but are I already, loved, But I liked, like, I liked his attitude when he was like, you know, sorry, but like I'm going to move you if you're in my way and I, I need to win. That's the type of like – Thing I want to hear from drivers, you know, or at least the ones that are supposed to be the villains, the heels that are just like not necessarily going at somebody, but they're like, hey, if you're in my way and I'm going for a win, I'm going to take you out. And then if they get taken out the next week by Ryan Blaney and everybody loves Ryan Blaney for taking him out finally, you know, just something like that. Like if I was NASCAR, I'm like, Austin, keep wearing the hat, dude. Like be yeah, aggressive. It's, like, it's OK. We'll, we'll let it slide for you. It's like, you know, not to say that we need someone to replace a persona or to, to change something, but. Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch is is kind of the bad guy right yeah, now. Yeah, he's not and a he's, young guy, but he is the proven personality of the outlaw. And he he didn't give himself that personality. He earned it the hard way. And he but he's fading out, you know. Like we exactly. need a young His guy time, to come up and just be an asshole and just kind of you know I don't give a shit what you think attitude. You know, fuck exactly. you. You know, reporters <laughs> like. It's like it's like how Kurt Busch roughed up Jimmy Spencer, and he didn't care, and he won that race, 
and then Jimmy Spencer gave him crap all year long. Then he like, you know, he stood up for himself at Indy when he got spun out. Then the whole thing at Michigan, it just grew Kurt Busch. Right. And, and, his, and who he was. The only problem, I think Austin Dillon would have been this perfect persona. And it really, I think, would have helped NASCAR a lot. The only problem is that character needs to win a lot. Uh, that's why you yeah. know Kyle Busch has been so successful on and off the track. He has the type of attitude where he doesn't give a shit if you like him or not, but he wins all the time. So he's gonna have fans regardless of how he acts. You know, he can flip everybody off and say like "fuck you, world of NASCAR." I'm here. I'm I'm your king, and he would get more fans. <laughs> like people would be like, "Hell yeah, I love that guy." And the, that's mean- the problem with Austin Dillon is he just doesn't win enough. Uh, and, you know, I put that partly on the team he's on, but, yeah, it wouldn't work because of that. Oh, uh, yeah. It, part of it is the team, and there are a lot of factors to completing races, winning races, and, and contending. But for sure, Kyle Busch, he's definitely been that guy. He's like, you know, like at Chicagoland, oh, if you don't like that kind of racing, don't watch. Yeah. He just told everyone to go, you know, F themselves if they didn't like it. And, you know, if you did, congratulations. And, and I'm, I'm not a Kyle Busch fan, but, like, I've become – I've light, lightened up to him more and more for some reason. And, and I've just finally been like, you know what? Like, good for him. He wins all the time, and he does not give a shit what anybody thinks. And at a certain point, I just got to stop and say, you know what? I, I respect that about him. Like, that's what I want more guys to be like. Yeah, fans need to respect – the uh, ability he has and not only that but you know he's had this personality but he's stuck by it mm-hmm. he hasn't tried to exactly. change himself exactly and know? that's why you, you got to make it seem real even if it's not you know i don't care kyle bush from what i hear from like fans he's actually wonderful he's really nice really good to his fans um but when he's out on the track and he wins i want to see him you know cheering and Saying whatever he, whatever he says, and when he loses, I want to see him pissed off and whining, because that's what I come to expect from Kyle Busch. Exactly, and and the thing about Kyle Busch is, you know, when fans talk negatively about, oh, I saw Kyle after the race and he was negative. Well, where did he finish? <laughs> he wears his emotions on his face. Right. I remember the 2013 Daytona 500. I was there. He blew an engine. He was in the top five all day. It looked like it was going to be a Joe Gibbs racing day that day, and him and Kenseth blew engines, and it was over. And he walked from the at Daytona. They have the garages and the fan zone, so it's like a public area where the garages are. And sometimes you have to walk in between those garages through the public area. Kyle had to walk through the fan zone, packed full of people, head down. I need to get through here. I'm not in a good mood. Probably have the I'm, people booing him too. Yes, exactly. And then people were like trying to get his attention. And he's a very like, emotional person. Yeah, um, you need. Well, it's like fans don't understand. Like. If, if, if he came up to you and started, you know, heckling you or doing something to you in that state, how would you feel? Right. But I like the fact that he's emotional. And I loved after Bristol, the Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch kind of thing that they were – Kurt Busch, was he joking about how he would have turned his – and right after the race when he was being interviewed, he was kind of complaining about the race. And then he goes, wow, I sound like my brother. And I was cracking up because I was like, that's so self-aware and hilarious that these two brothers, you know. And then he was like, uh, maybe I should have turned him. You know, he's my little brother. I should have got the win. Like, I loved that. I, I want more Kurt Kyle <laughs> thing going on. Because it's yeah, funny, it's, but they're also very competitive. So I could see they, it. They are. It's, it's, it's more than just the family thing with them. It, like, their natures alone are – they're very competitive. Yeah. 
whether when they're not in the field together, but when they're racing each other, it's like next level. It's right. like after the 2007 All Star race when they wrecked each other, it kind of simmered down, and it wasn't as competitive. But now, you know, you, see, you really yeah. see. The once Kurt it's... said that after Bristol, I was like, oh yeah, come on, baby, let's let's get this family rivalry going. Well, it's like you know, how do you? How, it's like going back to the WWE thing. You know, these guys and gals are household names because they're always projected as headliners. You get your name out there by being in the media. Yep. Winning gets you in the media, and saying things that just turn people on like this, like Kurt Busch saying, "Hey, I'm gonna spin out Kyle." You know, if I had the chance, honestly, if I was within him, I would have hit him. Yeah, everybody was talking about it. And that's it makes Kurt Busch more buzzworthy. It, yep. it makes him a household name. So you know Kurt and Kyle Busch. Well, and I mean, then and then uh, what? La- after the race at Richmond, when he was being interviewed, was that or was that before the race? That was qualifying. When he's being interviewed and they're asking about his qualifying time, and he just was not giving any answers to the reporters for some reason. He seemed to be in a pissed off mood. Didn't like the questions. I believe that was. I think it was Bristol. Yeah, you. He was like uh, was in the Bristol? media center. No, it was Richmond, wasn't it? I remember in uh, you might you might be like talking about a different scenario than I am. I remember in, in Bristol the, the race before he didn't get a great qualifying time. He got right. what he got. I, I remember what and you're then, talking about. Yes. Yeah. He just kept saying the same number. Yep. So okay. And so then in this one for the qualifying, yeah. you know, he qualified well at Richmond, and okay. they brought up last the you know Bristol the week before, and they were saying just like you know compared to you not qualifying well blah blah, blah. and he's like. I come out here and y'all always ask about qualifying. Can we talk about something else? He's like, qualifying doesn't mean shit. Like, and he just kind of went off on them. And uh, the reporters got really offended. They were all on Twitter being like, oh, Kurt Busch lashed out at us. And everybody that watched it, you can go through and read the comments on Twitter. And everybody's like, he didn't lash out. He just didn't like your question. Like, stop being so sensitive. And yeah. uh, I liked it because I was like, here we go. This is old Kurt Busch, you know, kind of telling the media to fuck off without actually saying it. Uh, and people love that. Like people kind of like and, when you call out reporters like that. It's funny. Yeah, and, and honestly, Kurt shouldn't be the only one calling out that those reporters. Right. The people like ourselves should too, because yeah, you're gonna ask a stupid question, you're gonna get a stupid answer. Who was the king of giving the, the best answers to stupid questions? Tony Stewart. Tony yep. Stewart would get yeah, asked that's a barrage of questions, <laughs> and he would give it back just the way you gave it to him. And as a reporter, you got to understand, you need to ask a good question. All right, don't, don't. And also, keep, and also, don't get offended if a racer is sassy. Like you're a reporter, like keep yes. your emotions in check. It's okay, it, you know. Don't take it personally. You're there to ask questions. That's what you're paid to do professionally. Exactly. Um, and then the, you know, that we didn't have Twitter back then, but now the reporters get on Twitter and they're like bitching about the driver. And then every NASCAR fan sees that and they're like, "Why are you bitching? Like, you asked a dumb question. He gave you some sass back. Like, stop being a little baby about it." Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, not not to be a, a jerk to the reporters, but you know, you're, it sounds like the reporters are kind of think they think like they have the rights and the reins. Yes, in the exactly. Where That's what it they, seems they're like. They're expendable, not Kurt yes, Busch. Exactly. We want to hear from Kurt Busch. We don't care what you're saying. Right. There's twenty just, other people. We just want to hear his answer 
to a good yeah. question. That's why you're there. That's why you're paid to be there. We don't care mm-hmm. what you think. We don't care your feelings. You know, there's, there's a difference between, you know, a blogger like Jeff Gluck who has his personal blog and his personal Twitter, and we go to that for his personal opinion on things. Whereas certain reporters for Fox, I'm not following your Twitter to hear your personal opinion. I'm following your Twitter because you get the insight with these drivers that other people don't. Yeah, it's like um, Nate Ryan, for example. He is able to separate himself being himself on Twitter, himself on NBC, and himself as the USA Today Nate Ryan. Yeah. You know, that that's three different big entities his own brand and two major like telecommunication companies not telecommunication uh, major you know communication companies that distribute his message you know across the world and he's a well-known reporter as well and like you said jeff gluck an independent guy you know i would trust jeff gluck a lot more when he's calling out uh, a driver talking about qualifying on twitter than i would a reporter who was at the track because the right. reporter at the track your job is not to be on twitter Jeff right, exactly. jobs to be on Twitter. Yeah, he's an he's an op-ed guy. Like he's he, you go for his opinion, and it's, it's just like any blogger. You're going to the blog really for the opinion. If you want the facts, the stats, the news, you'll go to one of these you know Fox Sports type places because that's they get the inside with these drivers. Um, exactly. If you're and, listening to my podcast, you're listening for my st- stupid ass opinion. For some reason, te- I have terrible opinions, but anyway, you're listening to my opinion. You know, so if I get frustrated with a driver, like that's a little bit different. Yeah, and that's the, that's the, the the big thing to to for people. People honestly know that they're going to a source for either a credible source or they're going to some place for an opinion. Right. And if you know what you're going to get yourself into, then you're fine. But if you know the person who's producing the content is murking the waters and kind of going back and forth between an opinion and an incredible you know a statement, you know. You kind of can't trust that person. Exactly. But, anyway. you know, I, I I will say Kurt Busch has way more personality now than I feel like than he did at any point in his career. I know. I love it. I want, it's, it, I want it's, it to keep going. I, I love his swagger. I like what he's got going for him. Everything he's got going I've for him. I've become like then, a weird end-of-career Kurt Busch, Busch fan out of nowhere. I might get a number one hat or something. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just yeah, like, like – Kurt Busch, I love you, man. End of your career, I've become a weird fan of yours. I, I you know, I, I know we're we're seeing the end of his career, and for sure, at some point, he's going to hang up his NASCAR hat because he's not going to want to compete full time in the Cup Series. But I want him to do that double. He's got he's such a multi versatile driver, and he needs to get another chance to do the the Indy double. I, I don't know what you're. I mean, he about. is kind of his. He he reminds me a little bit of Tony Stewart, so I could I could see this working out. Um, I mean, like just his first run, he finished top five. Yeah, almost top five. Yeah, and, uh, that would be tight, man. I would follow him. I know, like I said, I was never a fan of his um, growing up. I don't know why. My my dad was a Rusty Wallace fan, so I kinda, you know when I was a kid, I liked Rusty, and then you know some Dale, and then some Dale Junior. Obviously, everybody loved Junior, but. Um, I don't know why. I just never really cared about Kurt Busch. But now, like, the past two seasons, I was kind of getting more interested. Last season, I was like, okay, I, I kind of pulling for Kurt every once in a while. And then this year, I don't know where he just skyrocketed on my list of guys that I'm – I don't know. I like young guys, but Kurt Busch is way up there for drivers that I'm really interested in. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, it's kind of funny as, as I watch him now because um, I, I watch a lot of racing with my girlfriend, and she – she doesn't like Kyle Busch, uh, mainly for his personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
partly because he wins a lot. Wait, who does she like? Uh, she liked Junior and Earnhardt. I mean, she doesn't really like NASCAR. She she puts up it with it because I love it. Right. But if she would have had to cheer on anybody, it would have been Dale Junior. And now, honestly, she doesn't have anybody to okay, cheer on. Because my wife cheers on Chase Elliott. So I was I was just wondering if uh, your girlfriend is is like my wife and just a girl. So she just likes Chase Elliott. No, she she actually agrees with all of us as far as I can't pull for a driver that doesn't have much of a personality and it's just cardboard. So, you know, I think my wife just likes the the quiet smile guy. Uh, yeah, she married I the mean, opposite of that. So I, maybe I should be concerned. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. She 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 listens to me a lot. So she kind of like just takes my perspective. But the biggest thing that she likes to know, notice with Kyle is how brash he is. And this, you know, kind of I don't care personality. And I just look at her and she gets like upset about Kyle. I'm like, you know, when I was younger watching it, I kind of got upset about Kurt Busch about being like that because he was this young, brash guy coming in. And I was a Jeff Gordon fan and he was kind of treading on Jeff Gordon. turf. You know, he's winning Jeff Gordon's races. He's winning Jeff Gordon's championships, in my opinion, as the fan. And, you know, honestly, he's just a great driver. Once you step back and look at the body of work, he is. But for sure. He has gotten way more fans at the later stages of his career than I think he's ever had. Yeah, and it's very because strange. of surgeons. Like, and maybe it's because early in his career he's driving against, you know, legends, dinosaurs, you know, these guys. Like, he didn't have much of an opportunity really to gain the fan base that – because, you know, the competition he had back then, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, like it was junior. It's kind of hard to get your foot in the door with fans back then. So. Back then was an interesting time because there was a – that was the, the, the error of the the veterans and the young guns. You had young guns like Ryan Newman, Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Bush. Yeah, Ryan Tony Newman. Tony Stewart was still a young gun. I always Ryan Newman Dale was a Jr. young gun at one point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all those guys were young guns. <laughs> yep. But then you had veterans like Gordon, Wallace, uh, Jarrett, Ricky Rudd, uh, you know, so on, uh, Bobby Hamilton. Uh, so you could say they were the – there's this clash – and even so, like back then, Robbie Gordon was a young gun. He was, oh, in yeah. very, and he's a young gun just because he was like newer in in the RCR ride. Man, yeah, but I like nowadays, about that too. I know, right? It's like, but nowadays, um, it's kind of that that shift is happening again. Kurt Busch is the veteran. Um, I don't know how many more years we're going to see out of Jimmy Johnson. Uh, yeah, that's a whole. Other there's a lot topic, of other drivers. It, it's it's the end of the road for Jimmy Johnson I, and. Uh, everybody used to hate him, and it's kind of coming for full circle to people just being like, "All right, you had a really good career, Jimmy. Like, it, it'd be nice if you got one more win in there." You know, it's like the old guy. You're like, "Good for you, man. You're still out there," which is weird. He's a seven-time champion, but I know he he goes he goes one season winless, and yeah. everyone's like, "It's over, Jimmy." It's, over, it's like, yeah. dude, w- imagine in 2008 when Jeff Gordon didn't win a race for the first time in his career. How everyone was like, oh, Jeff, it's over, man. I know you just had more top tens the last season than any other driver in NASCAR history, and you finished second in points to Jimmy Johnson, but you didn't win a race this year, and it's over, buddy. Like, the standards nowadays, people hold. Yeah, but if he finishes this season without a win, I mean, don't you think it's about that time? I'm not saying he needs to retire next year. I'm just saying, like, two years in a row without a win, and granted, there's something up with, you know, Hendrick, so I can't put it all on him because he – Jimmy has gotten uh, some good finishes early this season. And I even said in the last episode, he might actually get a win this year, and that'd be great. But if he doesn't, and he doesn't get any other good finishes, like 
you don't think you would start to be like at the end of the season be like uh all right jimmy well see that's the thing i don't think i would but for sure the fans would and i feel like a great majority of the media would start to question him and you know at some point an athlete things get to back to an athlete and it affects that athlete and jimmy johnson is for sure a very strong athlete who has had to deal with a lot of hate throughout his career no matter what success he's had it's always been met with hate so to have these standards that he's kind of have to that he has to be up to i mean yeah he might have to i mean there might have to be considered major changes whether it's jimmy stepping down out of the seat or if there's a major shift at hsr that needs to be done where they need to realign the entire you know organization i don't i don't know it's it's hard to say that if Jimmy needs to kind of step back. Uh, he's been in it for so long. It'd be kind of cool. I doubt he's definitely going to, re- you know, never mind. I was going to say he'll, he'll definitely retire uh, in his car now because that's his car. But oh, yeah. it would be kind of cool for Hendrick to be like, you know what, you know, Jimmy, you haven't won in two seasons and we got some up and comers that want seats. We're going to have to, you know, take you out of the ride. Sorry. Uh, and then he goes to a small team and like wins for like a small team <laughs> like that would be kind of cool i'd be like all yeah. right i'm back with jimmy now you know kind of like what kurt kind of like what yeah. kurt or ryan newman are doing right now where you know i don't want to say chip ganassi is a small team but he's the only one on that team doing well so uh it's kind of cool to see these older guys that got uh, maybe pushed out for younger drivers um still showing up and getting wins in numbers or at least you know close to wins in numbers that we haven't seen doing that well since they since they got there yeah for sure with kurt and and ryan sometimes you know just coming to a new place and getting a new perspective yeah really reinvigorates yeah i think it might just help them mentally too. be like all right you know what let's do this i'm back on board you know i'm out of that toxic uh and I don't like to use the word toxic very much, but you know what I mean. Like the, that environment that seemed to be dark. Um, oh yeah, I mean, like for for example, for for Roush, just think how think how happy that team was that they weren't getting a rookie, that yep. they were getting a veteran who knew how to take care of his equipment and would get the most out of his equipment every lap and wasn't going to have to give them teething pains. And it's like funny. For I, them, I remember yeah. we I did a preseason podcast with Eric. And we were talking about Newman in that car, and we both said, like, good for Roush to get a vet. That's what they need. Uh, They kind of need to rebuild, obviously. They're nowhere what they used to be. And we were both kind of talking about, you know, what will they do, and we both kind of agreed, like, you know, he'll he'll get some finishes here and there, but he he won't be able to do much because the equipment, and he's an older driver, and, you know, he wasn't doing much at RCR, stuff like that. But he's definitely done more than I expected, Uh, so... Good for Newman. Oh yeah, for sure. He's yeah, he's got speed, and of course he can qualify up front. He's shown it and throughout history. But he's been able to be crafty, like he was in 2014 when he just kind of showed up and ended up in the final four and almost won the championship. He's, yeah, he, he's, he's hard a to racer. get past. I mean, that's his whole thing. It's oh yeah, he's a good driver. It's hard to pass him, uh, mm-hmm. regardless of his equipment. He's gonna be all over the track. So yeah, he's still a great driver. He's a vet, you know, for a reason. But oh, yeah. And he, and they're smart enough to, and he's smart enough to understand the strategy of it too to where he plays his driving ability to the strategy of the team so he can get the most positions you know when he can because he's always up front when it matters right that's what you notice about newman he's never yeah. up there for stage points or whatever but when it's about time to you know drop the checkered flag he's in the top 10 
yep, there's like, you know, 20 laps left. You, you're like, oh, shit, Newman's in the top 10? Where, where oh, was hello, he? Newman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do have to do an ad sponsor before because you, we, I think we could talk for hours um, about NASCAR. Like, I, I think if I just let this run, this would be a three hour podcast. Yeah, we, we need to make this uh, where I could record this and put it on YouTube so we can make it a three-hour yeah. podcast and just trim it down to you the, know what? Best, the yeah. best tidbit. Yeah, and I, I, could, I could come on your YouTube channel and we could do something there so we can continue our conversations and yeah, we, we can just bounce off our, each other. Our, our cross collaborations, especially yeah. uh, with making a professional wrestling race team slash thing Dude, like Termy Sadler was trying to do back in the day with money maker right there. Professional wrestling slash racing. Yeah, can we get Jeff Hammond? In, in on this because I know he was like kind of into pro wrestling you know can we get Jeff Hammond to kind of like oh. you know spar with us or something I don't yeah, know yeah man and we'll just do everything that the NASCAR fans have been asking for like more traditional stock car racing short tracks everything that they want but with the personalities of professional wrestling and we would put NASCAR out of business that actually could could work I, I don't know didn't didn't they have should, like a, a wrestling have, ring I shouldn't have said it, this it would be the first ever track with a wrestling ring in the center of it I shouldn't have I said mean, this on the air now people are going to take our idea this is brilliant this is what magic of editing right oh shit yeah but I don't <laughs> edit anymore because I'm too lazy uh, and that's just you know I'm just too lazy what are you going to do alright anyway like, the one ad like slot I gotta give him a shout out Tixblitz T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z dot com they guarantee your seats it's a you know ticket website they got nascar tickets every single sport and the best part is the price that you see is the price that you pay there's no service fees uh so if you go on there and you see the price and you like the price it that's what you're gonna pay it's gonna look like it's a couple dollars more than you know the stub hubs and all the other stuff but this one ends up being cheaper every single time i've tried it so definitely recommend going to that t-i-x-b-l-i-t-z.com and if you type in the promo code belly up all caps no space b e l l y u p you get an extra 5% off so uh, everybody go check that out uh, so i can get paid and keep this podcast going mostly just cuz i'm greedy and i want to spend all my money on gold so everybody uh, gold gold plated diecast cars yeah, honestly people he said that's, that's where the money is those gonna, cars are made out of solid gold whatever and this is this is a promise to my listeners um if my listeners go to that website, type in the promo code, and I start to see some, you know, revenue coming back, I can guarantee out of the the appreciation that I have for my listeners and my dedicated followers, I will take their money and wipe my ass with it and flush it down the toilet because I want to be filthy rich. So that thank that you. is some uh, like Donald Trump out of uh, <laughs> the art of business. <laughs> we'll see if it works. You know, everybody else just kind of begs and they're like, "I'll give back to charity." No. I'm going to wipe my ass with your fucking money. Let's see if this works. I'm going to pull a Kyle Bush attitude. Um, I'll be the heel of NASCAR podcasting. You, you know, I, just because, like, I kind of understand what you're talking about with that point. I was, like, watching uh, – if anybody's heard, heard of Watch Mojo, do not watch the Watch Mojo, uh, like, top NASCAR Oh, really? Thing. I've seen them on YouTube. It's, like, I've seen their stuff all the time. It's clickbait. They, they don't know NASCAR. They, like, talk about For Kyle For some Bush reason, that and, doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Yeah, they, they talk about Kyle Busch, and they, they highlight two facts about him. The first one I don't remember because it's just dated. And the second one was just as dated. It was, oh, he smashed the Les Paul guitar in front of the artist. I'm like, he cleared it with Sam. He told everybody he was going to do it. He bought a second guitar before the fact. You know what? You should contact him. 
See if you could remake a better one for them. See if they'll pay you for that, or at least uh, you know throw in your links and stuff. No, I, I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people have commented, and and because I, I that was like a very early on in the video, and there was other things that were correct about it. I I I don't know. At some point, you don't just have enough time to change all. Yeah. Of, correct everything in the world, but That's what you true. can do is just project the positive things. I know Watch Mojo or, is just doing their thing. They don't care. I mean, they, they're, do, they're bumping out content left and right. You know what, what I mean? What you could do is go on a podcast and complain about it too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because this is where opinions can come out and exactly. it's a safe place. Not We're Twitter not reporting. after you've yeah. Kurt Bush. This is a safe place. I don't even air these things. I just save them in my computer. You'll never hear this again. The um, funny thing is people, I'll listen to these on car rides. So. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's it. That's, well, I've got to wrap it up. We went way longer than expected. But it was a good conversation, so I don't think I'll get any complaints. No, I hope the people enjoyed it. It was uh, it was honestly great coming on here. It's great to conversate and talk NASCAR, honestly, because uh, I don't get to do it that often, especially with uh, someone who knows as much uh, as you do. Or so pretends to know. I really much. appreciate That's it. All. I just pretend. Uh, you, you just you just uh, you gotta fake it till you make it, you know? Yeah, I got this little uh, high school intern sitting in the corner, and he just like pulls up all the stats and stuff that I need and he'll just like Ooh, flash flex. me. Oh, intern. Dang. Oh, yeah. So I make so much money. I'm telling you, I'm going to wipe my ass with every fan's money. <laughs> so that's where the money's going right now. It's going to the intern. Yeah, I'm just you're, loaded. You're telling him it's an unpaid internship. Well, no, right? I don't even do anything. It's just my dad like gives me money. I don't have to work or anything. I just like kind of sit on my couch and, you know, my super rich dad pays for everything. Damn rich parents. You see, you see how I'm already creating this persona? People are going to hate me. <laughs> And hate me enough to get me popular. That's what's going to happen. They're going to take that little clip and be like, who is this asshole? Put him on BuzzFeed. Come yeah, listen to the so, podcast. No, no. What, what they'll do is they'll put it on the uh, NASCAR Reddit uh, page. <laughs> it'll trend. And it'll trend so That's much what, it'll go on the Reddit You know what? I'm, I need you to do that for me. I'll send you the, the <laughs> So when somebody I, actually I, listens, I, they're I, like, oh, fuck. There recently. So, um it, that's been fun too. You can get lost in the Reddit man. You know like, what I should do just, at the end of this episode too? I should put the Rick Rolled music. So when they listen to it, they'll be like, "Oh, I got trolled the whole time." The damn persona. You know, there's a whole generation of people that just don't understand how to get Rick Rolled. So uh, you're lost, people. You're lost, Centennial. They think they know memes. They don't know Rick Rolled. They don't know anything. <laughs> they don't know the struggle of being Rick Rolled. <laughs> so many times. All right, that's gonna do it. I'm gonna come on your YouTube channel soon, though. We're gonna we're gonna get that going. I'm gonna get a new camera for my computer, so it'll look legit. Oh, for sure. We're gonna have to definitely make up too for your uh, you're missing out Talladega in the spring. Dude. You know, maybe in the fall. You never <sighs> Don't know. Even remind me. I'm trying to work out the fall. I haven't been to the fall race, so I'm trying to work out the fall. Get my group at least one's being deployed, and I was like, dude, stop using your military deployment as an excuse to not go to the race. Like, if you were a real American and really cared about this country, you would, instead of going to the Middle East, you would just go to Talladega. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, because <laughs> that's a sensitive subject, because wasn't that, there, there was like that person that was deployed at that time, and then they ran Talladega, so I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on that. Yeah, uh, well, I'm just, I'm hoping I, that this healed persona is going to keep going. <laughs> uh, to that, I'll give uh, a shout out to my boy Metzger. Uh, Chris Metzger, he he was recently deployed. So, uh, yo, shout out Metzger. Um, so we're gonna miss you in Mid Ohio and uh, for the rest of the year if we don't see you. So, shout out. I know I don't know shout you, but shout out. Yeah, Hopefully you, you just, my you buddy. just made me remember that. I was like, oh yeah, my, my buddy got deployed. Wait, he, where? He do you know country? Speaker, so, shame. I know sometimes they're like weird about that, but 
I don't know. Is yeah, it in the Middle East somewhere? Well, I, I don't remember exactly where he's gone, and I, right. I don't want to, like, say I know. Uh, yeah. But, you know, just want to – All right, well, maybe he'll meet my buddy, and they yeah. can both talk about not going to NASCAR races together. You know, he's a NASCAR nerd, too, so he'd, he'd, he'd probably, like, love this. They'd probably, like, you Send know, be this. doing, like, and he'll, random Once he, once he things, hears that thing about like, how NASCAR. real Americans <laughs> go to Talladega instead of the military, he'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, technically, Talladega is an, an is an old U.S. Air Force base. So yeah, that is the, technically military training people. Yeah, that's true. Let's tie it all in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. Uh, we'll see you soon because I want you back on this podcast as well. Oh, for sure. We'll definitely schedule something. And, uh, yeah, everyone be on the lookout, too, at bellyupsports.com because I'll be trying to contribute uh, some articles, a couple of lists, and maybe some video content on there, too. So Rattlesnake and I definitely have some things up in the pipeline. Yeah, we got some merch to get done. That's that's right. Yeah, we got merch. We're going to take your money that way. I'm going to buy gold-plated die-cast cars with it. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I'll I'll flush your money down the toilet. Sorry. He's going to flush down the toilet. All right, peace. <laughs> How are we going, guys? It was straight shot. All it took was love to not get caught. I laid three dimes down in the machine on 25 cents. Let me ask you this. A guy breaks into your house, but you don't have a gun. How are you going to shoot him? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 